You're listening to Agile Ideas, the podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Agile Management Office. This episode is one of nine chapters in the series for the much-anticipated AMO white paper, titled, Is the PMO Still Fit for Purpose? We hope you enjoy it. Chapter 4, Addressing Stakeholder Needs. Why do PMOs struggle to meet stakeholder requirements? How do we address the stakeholder challenges faced by PMOs today? And how do we increase awareness of our presence and value? We already know that there is generally no alignment across an organisation for PMOs, and they are often serving varied purposes depending on the industry, maturity, size of the organisation, and the person requesting the PMO. As a result, there is a lack of understanding inside and outside the PMO where agreement on how the PMO is run and what it delivers or who it is serving, the project managers or the executives, is also lacking. One reason for the establishment of PMOs is to enhance stakeholder satisfaction, yet senior management tend to have significant dissatisfaction with projects post the establishment of PMOs. This is somewhat counterintuitive to the promise of a PMO. At the executive level, where effective sponsorship is most needed, it is most often lacking. We are seeing many organisations who resort to developing alternative concepts to their PMO to deliver similar outputs under a different umbrella. This typically comes as a result of trauma from unsuccessful attempts to deliver and embed a PMO of value. An explanation for this perception of PMO, which is troublesome in nature, is that it has become wired into the organisational power structure in complex ways. What is more is that a PMO's functions, both perceived and actual, are multiple and varied. That is, there are many different types of PMOs across many different levels of a typical organisation. According to the Project Management Institute, there are at least 18 different variations. For example, business unit PMO, divisional PMO, departmental PMO, project support office, project services office, enterprise PMO, global PMO, program office, to name a few. This does not help with stakeholder satisfaction or senior management confidence levels. We see the scholarly community has studied PMOs, but detail is typically limited to various types or forms. It is perhaps odd that there is not a large program of research directed towards the PMO, as some of them are having significant influence on the organisation at a structural and strategic level. Other key challenges identified during our research included not having the right level of authority to drive adherence to process and lack of direction and understanding by executive level management. The success of the PMO is directly influenced by what, if any, strategic executive backing they have. The situation is exasperated when the organisation is not only trying to understand what their PMO does or who their PMO is, but also which PMO is being discussed. 
According to the 2017 KPMG Project Management Survey, organisations generally had between one and three PMOs. Working in this field across 16 countries and over 15 industries, we would argue that this number is significantly underestimated. The larger the organisation, the more PMOs. For many organisations, the establishment of a PMO is done in stealth to support new projects or programs. We noticed this happened recently at one of our client sites. We were engaged to set up an AMO structure to provide governance and support for projects at a departmental level. Not long after, an otherwise empty cubicle was occupied by four new staff members. They had printed Project Emerald PMO on a piece of paper and taped it to the cubicle. They were setting up new processes for scheduling, managing resources, onboarding processes, reporting, and so on. These were things that were already being developed just metres away. This is one example of hundreds where duplication, waste, and rework are rife amongst organisations. Additionally, we believe the disconnect between the PMO and stakeholders is significantly contributing to the lack of sponsorship. We believe executives are not buying what their PMOs are selling because the outputs are not producing outcomes that contribute to the executive's organisational objectives. To counteract this, we recommend interviewing key stakeholders at all levels to understand their priority issues. We've been doing this over the last three years and a combination of metrics has allowed us to rank the priority of issues identified in the interview cycle, which can then be used to demonstrate cost impact versus value creation to the customer. Once an operating rhythm was established using the AMO method, our approach then seeks to define the organisation's specific minimum value proposition. The MVP is a combination of the minimum in which the AMO function will deliver value to the organisation and the minimum for what is required function by function to deliver that value. The MVP can then be expanded to add, subtract and evolve from. To do this, stakeholder awareness and acceptance needs to be achieved. Through our targeted collaborative stakeholder engagement approach, and by properly understanding the current environment before anything is developed or deployed. This core step of the AMO method ensures that the stakeholder feedback is being addressed from the outset. One of the key objectives of an AMO function is to remove elements of confusion around predetermined views of PMOs, as it obtains consensus from the outset on the value and contributions, as well as outcomes and outputs, perceived or otherwise. Through various proactive ceremonial activities, the AMO works with stakeholders collaboratively throughout the life cycle in an agile way. Feedback by working groups, executive management and other affected stakeholders help to reshape, rebalance and reconfigure the AMO's capabilities to suit the situation at hand. This was evident with a large retailer we recently worked with. By co-designing the solution with our stakeholders, we were able to develop an organisation-wide framework that integrated across all delivery and non-delivery functions. Stakeholders had the opportunity to see and contribute incremental value that the AMO function provides before endorsing future phases.
These stakeholders remained active and supportive throughout development as they were part of the journey. Well-informed stakeholders understand the journey. They can see how what you are doing aligns to the organisation's objectives. However, one of the biggest stakeholder groups for a PMO is the delivery teams. And it is evident that the disconnect between delivery and PMO is getting wider. Why is there a disconnect? What is causing it? And what can we do about it? Find out in the next chapter, Delivery Disconnect. Thank you for listening to this chapter. We welcome any feedback. If you would like a copy of a specific chapter or access to the whole white paper series, please visit our website, www.agilemanagementoffice.com. I hope you've been able to learn, feel, think, or be inspired today. Thank you for listening, and please share or rate this if you enjoyed it. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.